guys. Welcome to Slash Report Hiatus episode. Today we're going to be talking about Phoenix Wright. Uh, I am Dr. Fumbles McStupid, known as Fumbles, and today we are joined by the 24th Key, or as we're going to be referring to her as Key, and Malfunction, which we will be referring to her as Mal. Hi, guys! Hi! Okay, so uh, Phoenix Wright, what, what exactly is Phoenix Wright for people who don't know anything about it? Well, it's pretty much a, it's a very popular, although the fandom is, is kind of secluded, I would say, now, more so now, um, series of games, mostly for handheld systems, well, entirely for handheld systems, what am I talking about? Um, it's for handheld systems like the DS, DS Lite, all that jazz, that followed lawyer Phoenix Wright uh, throughout his many court cases. Most of them dealing with murder, but there's a couple that deal with basic thievery and, um, some minor crimes, although murder is is the general norm. Um, yeah, um, it's it, uh, why they normally have that is because in Japan it's Gakuten Saiban, which translates to turnabout lawyer. And in every single case, you find out who the who the real culprit of the crime is, and it's like a turnabout. So you know, if it was like family law, there wasn't there wouldn't really be a culprit or anything. So it's all basically murders. Yeah. And every case is entitled turnabout something or other. So, for example, the stolen turnabout or bridge to turnabout. Um, and it all just, it all relates uh, back to that whole idea of the suspect that is originally brought into court is usually not the actual, um, is not the villain. Um, so the games uh, originally started out in Japan as uh uh, Game Boy Advance games, but when they brought them, they brought them to the U.S. later, and they revamped them and did them as Nintendo DS games with the dual screen. Um, I think Mel said, yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure, so the graphics aren't, like, super spectacular or anything. They're, like, little animations. It's all like, animation. Uh, yeah, it's all sprite animation, and uh, you point and click and walk around. You don't actually walk. You just see the scenery change, and you click around and find evidence and such like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what I found really interesting is that uh, TV Tropes classifies the Ace Attorney series as a visual novel, which I think fits really well um, because the emphasis is very much on the story, even if it's a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah game that's true. Cool. It's it's really more so just it, your fo- most of the time is spent flipping through dialogue, and it's a very good dialogue. It's a great story, but I've been told by a lot of people that because it's set in the context of a game, they can't really get into it because they're expecting more for them to interact with as opposed to reading. Hmm. And and there is stuff for you to interact with. You get more. Um but you get more dialogue from it. Like when you're at a crime scene and you're clicking around, there'll be a comment. Like there's ongoing jokes about ladders and cleaning the toilet that you'll get by clicking on stuff uh, around the crime scenes. And you'll get like funny interactions between um, our people. So uh, does someone, uh, does someone, want to go through our characters and I guess the basics of the gameplay between the court and the um, investigation. I will leave that to Key. 
Okay, let's see. Well, the main character is Phoenix Wright, who is, I think, in the, um, we start the game with, with his, uh, very first case as a lawyer. And, um, I don't really know how to describe him. He's kind of sarcastic, but also very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Optimistic, I guess? Yeah, he's very optimistic. Yeah. And, um, who else? Well, I guess the, um, other main characters by importance would be Maya, uh-huh. who joins in the first game, who is a spirit medium, and becomes, uh, Phoenix's assistant, kind of. And their relationship is very sweet, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, I guess the main, well, is he an antagonist, really? Is Maya's an antagonist? He's not an I think antagonist. He starts out, I think he starts out as one, but then he morphs from that. Yeah, he's. Yeah, so. I, would, I would not call him a, a an antagonist, though, just because it's... Like, and I wouldn't even call him an anti-hero, really. Like, he, he's such a weird kind of morph. Um, but he he's is. one of the main characters. Yeah, so he's the main prosecutor of the series. And also Phoenix's childhood friend. I guess we can go into that much detail. And, um, yeah, I don't really know how many more characters we should really, uh, bring into this. The judge? But those... He's like, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> the judge is there. <laughs> yeah. The judge is like, great. He like never knows what's going on. He's just like the best. He's just like fingerprints. What? What are fingerprints? How do those work? I don't know. I've been like a judge for like forever. I'm pretty old, but I don't, I don't know how those work. So. Yeah, he, he shows up every case except when, is it his brother that takes over in Apollo? Yeah, his Canadian brother. His Canadian brother. Yeah. Yeah, so, but he's, he's in every case and he always is very easily swayed and he's, he's kind of the example of the justice system being a very flawed, um, and where where people are more they're they're shown up by presentation as opposed to actual evidence, which as we've seen in quite a few actual court cases, is kind of the truth and is really sad. Um, it's it's interesting to note here. So um, this is in the future, sort of <laughs> not like future future, but like a few years in the future, and it is uh, I think in the translations it's set in like. California or something. It's yeah, not really clear California. where it's set. That's why they, they kept the earthquakes that are in Japan, but moved it to California since California is also known for being along a fault line. Okay, yeah. Uh, and anyways, it's in the future where uh, the court system has been changed to a three-day trial system. So you have three days to like prove the innocence or prove them guilty. And um, the gameplay goes along with um, those three days, and you have different modes. You have trial, so when you're in the trial, you're listening to um, to pe- people on the witness stand, and you're trying to find faults in their testimony that contradict your evidence, which you collect in the investigations phase. So you walk around, and you find your evidence, and you talk to people in the investigations phase. Uh, speaking of people, we can we can bring up. There's Gumshoe. Gumshoe is um, he's part of the police department, and uh, he he's not the best police officer. He's well meaning though. He's well meaning. 
yeah, he he has like the best of intentions, but if you if you want some like evidence from the police department or information that you're not supposed to have, if you talk to him, you can fool him really easily and get that. But he, you know, he's always out there and like looking out for Edgeworth and stuff like that. But that's the the basic gameplay is that you have you have the um, investigation mode and then you have the court mode and you flip back and forth between those. You have one for every day of the court, so you have like three investigation days and uh, three investigation parts and three of the court parts. Also, speaking of uh, the trial system in Japan. I read an article about this once, I wish I remembered where it was, um, that basically the Ace Attorney games kind of criticized the uh, Japanese justice system a little bit because it was uh, not in the best state and they got a lot of convictions, like an abnormally high amount of convictions. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was a reform lately, but yeah, basically... Um, the game kind of shows the faults in the justice system, uh, as far as that article said. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, you just look at the justice actually- see how that is. And then, of course, there are prosecutors. There are people who, it is to them, it is a job. It is not following through the justice system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we've gone into basically the gameplay of the game and it it's really awesome if you like reading and characters and stuff it will not be for everyone uh which makes me really sad because everyone should experience phoenix right but uh i would say try it if you like really well-written characters and humor uh, like humorous but with a strong plot interspersed with drama it's really good. It's a really good balance of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm more into it because of the story than the gameplay, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, me at too. some points I just uh, go find a walkthrough so I can get to the story quicker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, uh, I wish that there was, if, if they had focused a little bit more on interacting with the environments during the investigative scenes a little bit more, I think I wouldn't have found those parts uh, as draggy. You know, I wish I wish there were more moments where, um, you know, there was just it opened up the the world outside of the courtroom a little bit more because most of the action, most of the uh, most of the world really is just held in that one room, and it kind of limits um, the development of characters. I mean, not to say that these characters are not well developed, but we I feel like we've only really seen them in one aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, basics of the game. So, in, uh, the series, so we have, uh, three games that focus on Phoenix. We have Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulations, and Phoenix Wright Justice for All. Uh, and then we have, um, Apollo Justice, which is set sort of in, it, it's farther in the future than the Phoenix Wright games. Um, Phoenix is still there in some capacity. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. Uh, and then there is uh, investigations games that focus on Miles Edgeworth. Uh, and then there is, um, that, that was just released, the Dual Destinies uh, was just released in Japan and will be coming out here soon. So there's quite quite a few games in the series for you to uh, go through. 
But uh, each series introduces, each game introduces new characters. There's a new prosecutor for each game, and uh, they're they're all quite awesome. I love them all. What do anyone want to go into their favorite prosecutor? <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> I know. That's kind of a hard question. I mean, I'm a, b- a bit torn between Miles because obviously, and yes. um, Miles Edward is Edward, and yes, um, Miles Edgeworth is awesome. And he wears like a pink suit. Don't let anyone tell you it's red. It's not in the game. It looks pink. It's and magenta. Lie it's magenta. It's red. But it's not. I know. <laughs> and uh, he, he, his character, he's he's there to um, convict the criminals. He he really believes that the police has the policemen have done their work and found the right person, and he will do all in his power. Uh, to get them convicted, and he's just, he's my baby, and I love him for multiple reasons. He's sort of, like, emotionally stunted and a closet nerd. Oh, God. And the best. It is the best. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go so, like, point. <laughs> there's a case in the first game with a TV show, about a TV show called The Steel Samurai for Kids, and, like, you can collect cards and stuff into it, and Maya, your assistant, is really into it, and uh, you find out, like, later that, like, Edgeworth is really into it, too, and has, like, a figurine in his office and stuff, and everyone's like, is that Steel Samurai? He's like, no, no, what are you talking about? What's Steel Samurai? Like, the equivalent of Ultraman, um, or something, or something like that, but the, the, the fictional, fictional equivalent, since it is set in a fictional world, but it's still fictional. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> But yeah, no, Miles, Miles is wonderful. And, um, you, and one of the things that I've loved about him really is how his, he, he is a trauma. I'm not going to go into it because that might be spoiling for some people, but he does have a trauma which makes him incapable of dealing with elevators and dealing with earthquakes. And, um, both of these fears are represented both realistically and kind of in a, in a, in a heartbreaking way where, in other cases, if there's ever an earthquake, and mind you, this is set in the Japanese version in Japan where there's lots of earthquakes, and then in California for the U.S. version, which also is known for earthquakes. Um, so every time there is one, he actually breaks down and goes into a fetal position. Like he, like this strong character, this really, like, I'm going to go after these criminals, I'm going to take them down, and he becomes a child again because of how this... A situation in his life has affected him to the point where he just he can't even stand. And honestly, like every time I've seen the, those kinds of moments in in the Phoenix Wright games, it's just it kind of brings back the fact that it is really realistic in some ways, despite the heavy camp. And I it ah oh, I just love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point. This is yes. Edgeworth is my baby for those reasons and other reasons, and he's just my favorite prosecutor. But uh, there's there's other prosecutors. In the second game, we get Francisca. Hi, baby. Also yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's my. She's, uh, I love Francisca. She. Okay, you you tell us about Francisca then now. Okay, I'm sorry. I know I've been talking a lot. I these characters. It's okay. These characters. Okay. Um, the one thing I I didn't like about her. 
when I first started the game was how young she was, because she was essentially supposed to be a teenage prosecutor. And Japan likes to do this a lot in both video games and anime and all this other stuff, but where they have these prodigies that, like, just are the best at everything. But what I liked about Francisco was she was shown to be flawed with, and her youth was shown to be something that was an inherent flaw, that she she was ignorant to a lot of things that often um, she would like Phoenix would have to explain to her how certain evidence worked, And it was not considered, Oh, she's a stupid woman. Like a lot of other, uh, other games would say it was more so she's young. She doesn't know. And the reason why this was, um, this was the case is because when you compared her to miles, miles is an older guy and has been prosecuting for longer than she has. Cause this is when she first comes into the game, it's like her first, real test of her mettle, that she's gone through all the schooling and she's had her father as a mentor, but that this is her first uh, real court case. And um, Miles kind of, when he, and they, they were raised together, that is, a, I guess, a small spoiler, is that they were, uh, they were raised together. Um, not going to go past that in the spoiler realm. But, um, and so as a result, they do have this kind of sibling connection. And he, in the few conversations that they do have in the game, it, he kind of says, you know, you are, you know, you're like you're not seeing things the way they're meant to be seen. Like you're, you're kind of looking at it only at face value, which shows that she has a lot of growing up to do both as a person and as a prosecutor. Um, and she originally is pretty violent. Like she brings a whip into the courtroom and whips <laughs> fucking judge. Yes, the judge. And he doesn't say anything about it. No one well, he, he's like, where did you get that? But that's about it. He's not like, stop it! And Phoenix is the only one who's like, stop it! What's happening? Everyone else is like, whip in the courtroom? Whatever! Yeah. So, so, so she's a teenage girl who whips people in the courtroom. And she's she's pretty violent overall. But the thing is, um, it, because of that you kind of get to see her grow a little bit more. You really see her as this child who is trying to, you know, make a name for herself despite, you know, because her father is this big prosecutor and then her essential brother is this big prosecutor. And here she is, you know, both young and a woman and her first real cases. And she's trying to, like, you know, show them all up in every way she can, including physically. And while she doesn't exactly grow out of the whip using phase. Um, she does get more mature, and she does uh, begin to see that things are not so black and white. And she does go through a kind of a, a slight variation of what Edgeworth does when he um, when he lightens up and realizes that the police work is not perfect and that people can forge evidence and, you know, stuff like that. But I think with her, it's different because um, it really is eye-opening for her. I think Edgeworth, before he got into this phase, knew that the justice system could be corrupt. And as a result, his change was a little more gradual. Hers, on the other hand, it was like she had known nothing different. Like, this was a huge revelation for her. And as a result, it really, I think, affected her a little more deeply than Edgeworth. She also, uh, in in the game, people have things, you know, they're, they're characters. They're very much characters. But, uh, like Malice said, there's deep character development that happens. Uh, Francisca will always be saying things about foolish fools and how foolish you all are and why are you such fools 
Cool is her favorite word, and uh, she yeah. needs a thesaurus. What, uh, she shows up in the second game, right? In, yes, she um, does. Justice Fall, I think. And um, also in the Miles, invest- uh, Miles Edward, Edgeworth Investigations games. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, she and Miles have a bit more of interaction in them, so I think I should probably go back and play that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to get a copy of it. I feel like I feel so undereducated right now. <laughs> None of us here have played the uh, played all the way through the investigations game. Uh, that's another thing to bring up is some of the games are really hard to get because Capcom, the U.S. team, is an asshole and they <laughs> just like don't bring the numbers that are needed here. Like, the first game and, like, Apollo Justice are pretty easy to get, but the second and the third and are really hard to get, and Investigations is, like, impossible. Like, when I was looking for one in Arizona, uh, in Tucson, there's, like, 12 different game stops, more than that, probably. And I called around, and they're like, oh, the closest one is in Mesa, which is, like, three hours away. So they're really hard to get a hold of. But... um if if you are having trouble with that, um, I would highly recommend. I I'm all for supporting. I have bought all of the games except for the investigations one, but uh, I started playing them on um, on an emulator because they're so hard to get. And if that's what you have to do to get it, I would highly recommend it. Well, they can always so, start because they're awesome. I mean, that's the thing is you can't. It's easier to get them online than it is to try to go in store because I've I've never seen a Phoenix Wright game actually in a GameStop and I've been to many used uh, game um, GameStops and used game stores. I've never seen a. I had to be there. You'd have to order. I had to travel to about six or seven different GameStops to get them all over a period of a couple months. Oh dear. So. And um, as for Europe, it's also a bit difficult. I found that the first game in the series is actually one of the hardest to get after the investigation um, games, or maybe not hard to get, but really expensive when compared to the other games. The others are much easier to get, and I actually started out with, I think I started by playing Apollo Justice, but I don't really know. Um, Though we should probably mention that the um, Phoenix Wright games have been released on iOS, I think it's called, for iPhone yeah, I and iPhone. Yeah, they have, um, it's like called Phoenix Wright 1, 2, 3 or something, and it has the first three games, and you have to pay for each one separately. And I think it's already been released for Android as well, but I'm not sure. You can also um, play, I think, the first two cases of the first game for free if you want to try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, most most of the time I I would just watch them on YouTube, and I've I've done emulators as well. But okay. my first experience with them was just watching the gameplay uh, through on YouTube and finding finding gameplay where there is not some jackass talking over the music or you know any of the oh my god. So that that's actually that's been much harder. Uh, at least it was when I first got into the games. I think in. 2007, 2008. I remember it was. It wasn't too long after the second game came out, and this this was when let's plays were really starting to like become a thing. But people still hadn't realized that most a lot a lot unless you're like a really charismatic person, no one wants to hear you talking over. 
so, Key, we, we didn't hear about your, your favorite prosecutor. Oh, right. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with Godot, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I can't really go into much detail as to why he's my favorite um, without going into too much spoilers. Um, but I guess I can say that Godot is the main prosecutor in the third game, Trials and Trials and Tribulations, and um, he's he's so much fun. Um, he's kind of a mysterious uh, figure for reasons, and he wears uh, a thing on his face, like I don't even know how to describe it. Like a visor, like, visor. like a Jordy. Yeah, yeah like Johnny from Star Trek, right? <laughs> and he's a coffee addict, and he always has a coffee mug in his hand, which he usually breaks or throws or it. does spit takes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, there's a lot of really interesting and kind of tragic backstory to him that, as I said, I can't really go into without spoiling the whole game. But yeah, I really like him. Um, so, uh, within, within each game of the Phoenix Wright series, uh, well, starting from, like, the second one, there is, uh, an added element of gameplay, um, that, uh, each defense attorney has, like, something special they can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, like, in the second Phoenix Wright one, we get this thing called, uh, Magatama from, from Maya, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's from Pearl. Oh, yeah, it was, from, it was from Pearl. Oh. Uh, Pearl is also a spirit medium and is a cousin of Maya. And basically what it does is it allows you, when people are lying, it shows these, like, spirit locks. And uh, so you can tell when they're lying. And to get to their deepest, darkest secrets, you have to, like, you know, break. talk to them and say the right thing to break the locks. Yeah. Um, so you get that for Phoenix. And then um, Apollo in the Apollo game, he has this, like, bracelet then he can focus really well and see, like, ticks when someone's lying, like if, like, their finger twitches or their eye or something like that, he can see that, which are nice when they added those because it's an added element of gameplay that gets you a little more into the story. Um, it gets you more into, you know, active into it as, uh, as opposed to a passive thing. Also um, in the Apollo game, I think you can do a bit more with the evidence. Like, you can take closer looks at it and find more stuff on it. Yeah, that started, um, uh, they, they did that too. When they released the, um, the first Phoenix Wright game here, there was an extra trial in Japan, and you have a different, um, assistant. Why can't I think of her name right now? Emma, I think. Emma, Emma, and she's like into forensic science. And uh, you can, like, spray for fingerprints and move evidence around and open it up. And that added another layer to that, too. And you can do that in um, Apollo Justice. Actually, Emma comes back as an adult and is the gumshoe of that game. Yeah, so they that's tried really to nice. use a lot of the DS features, like the uh, the voice activation. Like, they wanted you to blow huh. on the microphone to... Uh, um, when you when you do the fingerprints, you know you have to dust it and then to blow it off. So they were trying to not just re um, not just give you more features gameplay wise, but like to actually take use of the new features of the technology. Mm -hmm. You can also use uh, the 
Nintendo DS to do voice commands in cutscenes, I think. I don't know if yeah. it's in all of them. Yeah, it's in all of them. Like, you can yell objection. You press a button and yell objection mm-hmm. uh, when they do it. Which, which of course, you I don't know, do even if you public. have a Clay Phoenix. <laughs> you can't do it in public. Have, no, you can't. But even if you haven't played Phoenix, right, you probably know, like, the slamming, the hand on the table, and then objection. That's pretty famous. Take that! <laughs> yeah, or take that. I mean, they did it in Haruhi Suzumiya. I think they made fun of that in there. Yeah. I've seen a lot of parodies of Phoenix Wright in uh, in anime. It's usually just yeah. a small knot, but that one, that one is probably, like, the most overt and the one that people will recognize the most. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, we can go a little, a little bit into the story of, like, the, the first, uh, this, this actually second case in there to sort of give, uh, Maya a backstory. Mm -hmm. Um, so we know that because that's, like, second case. And also, it's not really a mystery what happens Mm -hmm. because you see everything. So, uh, who wants to go over that? I can do that. Okay. So, um, in the first game, you also get to know uh, Mia, who is Maya's sister, and kind of Phoenix's mentor, I think. And um, she helps you out in the first case, and then in the second case, she's dead, because someone killed her, and um, you have to figure out who. And uh, that's where Maya comes into place, because Mia called her to... Uh, wherever the game is actually set, and um, told her to look after Phoenix. And uh, though, of course, Maya gets actually implicated in the crime of um, killing her sister. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, you have, to de- you have to defend her there. Yeah. And uh, Mia, even though she dies there, becomes a reoccurring character, because, ta-da, you have a spirit medium! Yeah. So, um... So she can channel, like, Mia to help you in court cases and stuff. Um, so she comes back, and spoiler, there's some flashback court cases, which are really awesome later on, where you get to uh, see her in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I do like, is that they use flashbacks very well, as opposed to every single time. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of... Uh, I've seen a lot of, especially Japanese games and anime that tend to overuse flashbacks um, simply to fill up time, and uh, as opposed as opposed to you know taking the money to animate or to do something new. And all the flashbacks in Phoenix Wright are entirely relevant and almost always give you new information. It is never just, oh, we're going to flashback to a case that we already played through. It's, oh, we're going to flashback ten years before the game even took place. Yeah. Yeah, they do that well. As I said before, like, Phoenix Wright, its main its main driving force is most definitely its story and its awesome, innovative characters. It, it's not serious all the time. Like, you bring, you're desperate in one case, and you bring a parrot to the stand to interrogate it because it know because it has, like, it said a word or something like that. And there's characters like Wendy Oldbag, who is an old lady who has, yeah, who's crushing on Edward hardcore. Um, 
Who wouldn't, though? So you get... Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't be crushing on Edgeworth? I would crush on Edgeworth. Yeah. Um, so... So the, the main characters, once again, um, the main characters for, uh, in the game is Phoenix and all of them except for the investigations. And he has a sidekick. He always has a sidekick. In the first one, it is Maya. And except for in the last case where, uh, I can't think of it's her name Emma. again. Emma. Yeah, Emma. And then in the second game, uh, Pearl, uh, Maya's cousin joins as well. And then in the, third game it's mostly maya again um the third game is really interesting because you actually end up getting to play as edgeworth for a little bit which is pretty eye-opening because you always get uh when you click on things and stuff you get a lot of phoenix's inner thoughts and stuff like that about like oh i should be cleaning the office or uh that what's going on or whatever and you get his inner thoughts and you get that with edgeworth as well which is really interesting so, that's it was that's why just to the investigations. Yeah. So, um, uh, I guess we've gone over Phoenix Wright a little bit. Does anyone want to go into Apollo Justice? Um. Well, all, I honestly, I have, I just have criticism for for Apollo Justice. Like, it's it wasn't a bad game. I just, I. I'm sorry, I, I can't do it. Uh, some, someone who liked Apollo Justice, please do it. <laughs> what about you, Key? Because that was your first, that was your first exposure. You said Apollo yeah. Justice. Yeah, it's the first game I found and played, and um, I liked it. Though I don't know if I would like it quite as much uh, in comparison to the Phoenix Wright games. Now that I've played them, um, but basically, it's about another young attorney, Apollo who um, also has a sidekick. Her name is Tracy, and um, do I want to spoil this? I thought it was Trucy. Uh, Trucy, Trucy. Yeah, uh, I think, like, anything that you find out within the first case is not, like, a spoiler. Because in the first case, like, it's where it's setting up everything, and... Things obvious. You, uh, yeah, it's obvious. Okay, so Trucy is uh, Phoenix's daughter, and... Um, who else is there? There's uh, another prosecutor who is in the English translation named Clavier, mm-hmm. and um, who is both a prosecutor and a rock star, which is pretty hilarious. The air guitars in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, you remember Kristoff as well, because Kristoff was uh, Apollo's mentor, at least in the yeah. first in the, in the first case he was. Yeah, his brother also, so. Yeah, Christoph is uh, a defense attorney and is uh, Clavier's uh, older brother. And also creepy as fuck. Yeah, he's, so. he's, he's the, like, you know the anime trope, like, where they push up the glasses and, like, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's Christoph. <laughs> uh, should we at this point also get into Hobo Phoenix? <laughs> yes, Hobo Phoenix. <laughs> Hobo Hodo. Hobo Hodo is required. <laughs> yeah. His, his Japanese Hodo. name is Naru, uh, Naru Hodo. Which is, isn't that just IC? C, yeah, yeah it's IC. Yeah. There, there are a lot of puns with names in the Phoenix Wright series. So expect to see people with names like Butts, you know? Yes. And, you know, Gumshoe is really just a, you know, detective. I think his first name is Dick, too, isn't it? Yep, Dick, Dick Gumshoe. Gumshoe. <laughs> I totally forgot him, so he's just calling him Gumshoe. 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, Phoenix, after his own games, becomes uh, discredited. And um, I don't know if he actually does anything at the beginning of Apollo Justice the game, or if he's just hanging around. He works. He's he's a piano player at a oh, Russian, right. a Russian at a Russian bar. <laughs> yeah, but the basically, he loses his um, his suit, his blue suit. And, his attorney's uh, badge. Yeah, he his attorney's And he wears some kind of knit cap and, you know, sweatshirt or something, and it's double, and it's really weird. And it, he, he got the nickname uh, Hobo Hodo for it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting seeing him because he is he's very different from the phoenix of the other games. He's cynical. He's not uh, a stick at all. Yeah. Yes. So it's a really big change. And um, I think I started playing Phoenix Wright right as Apollo Justice came out, but I got emulators for the other ones and played them all. And when I saw Hobo Hodo, I was like, what? What is going on here? I don't understand. Where is Phoenix? Um, but, uh, but eventually, like, throughout the case you get a little bit of the old Phoenix back. And Dual Destinies uh, takes place after Apollo Justice. So, uh, and he gets his he gets his lawyer badge back and stuff. Um, so I assume there's, I, I don't know anything about his characterization. It only came out very recently, and I haven't wanted to read any spoilers. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that there's like a merging of those two characters so we can continue with his character development. Yeah, that's my yeah, it's kind of interesting to see the transition between the games, yeah. Yeah, I just hope they don't like completely, you know, I, even though I'm not a huge fan of Apollo Justice, I hope that they don't completely ignore the character development that happened with him because I mean, it was I think the difference between uh, the third game and Apollo Justice is like supposed to be 10 years, a 10 years have passed mm-hmm. those games. And um, I hate it when they just, you know, it's like, oh, the, the main character's back to exactly where he was before any of this. And none of that, none of all those pesky years, you know, affected them anymore. So hopefully it will be a merge and not just a, like, let's just take him back to when people, you know, really liked him in the first game. Oh, you know what? I completely forgot a game, and which I am really excited for, and hopefully it'll be translated here. There's also a game called... Um, Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton, which is a crossover game. And, uh, and I'm not exactly sure how everything works, but it's all animated in Professor Layton style and it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It has already been released in Japan and there's rumors of, um, of a, a translation, uh, date for us, like a release date over here, but I'm not sure yet, but it looks gorgeous and I bet it's going to be super fun. Just to so there's that game. Know, like Professor Layton is too. supposed to be like a puzzle game where, uh, you know, it, it's it's very similar in that whole like trying to find the truth. Um, it's it's not quite as uh, intense, I would say, as Phoenix Wright though. It's um, it's it really is more of kind of a fun puzzler, um, and it's more just about you know like you figuring out logic puzzles and stuff like that. But they make a good they would make a good crossover just on that alone. Hmm. So uh, I'm super excited for that. That's the reason I bought a 3DS. I have one now. And I bought it because of Dual Destinies and Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. So um, that is why I got one, specifically for that. 
So uh, why don't we, we sort of went over a lot of that. Why don't we talk about our first experiences with Phoenix Wright or how you came to find it out? Because it's very well loved and there's sort of for a fan base, it's really massive for being so small. Like there's a lot of really dedicated fans even though it's not, like, as big as other fandoms. So, like, how did you come across it? Mm, well, I came across it uh, over the Internet. I think I saw references uh, in many places and eventually got interested in the game. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just grabbed Apollo Justice in a bin in an electronic market one day and tried it out and really loved it. Though I never really found the fandom um, as I would with other games or movies or TV shows. So I'm kind of, um, I didn't really get the whole experience on that part. Um, but yeah, I saw it all over the internet and like with memes and stuff. Um, yeah. Okay, Mal. Um, with me, I remember I saw a cosplayer, uh, someone who's cosplaying as. Um, Miles Edgeworth, and I thought it was interesting, and um, I asked him a little bit about it, and um, he just said Phoenix Wright, and so I was like, okay, I guess I'll look this up, um, and um, I watched a playthrough of the first game, and I, and this, the thing is, this was for me during a time where I was really starting to hate anime, like I was starting to hate all the cliches and like how you know, just, it was, it was starting to really get on my nerves. So I was really skeptical going into it because I was like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's just going to be like, you know, all the characters, I know which, what characters are going to do what all the time. And, but the game really did surprise me. And especially with how emotionally invested I got, because I'm, I'm really a story person. Like if you can't tell from all the like, oh, I'm going into the characters and you know, that, that's my focus when I play games, um, regardless of the gameplay. And um, I really got invested, especially in Phoenix and Miles' friendship in the first game. Like, the fact that it wasn't the typical, like, oh, you know, former childhood friend who now hates you thing. Because I didn't really get the sense that Miles hated him. It really was just a, we've grown apart and we've changed as people. And, it, you know, for all the camp, for all the silly puns and all that stuff, there are some really real moments in the series. And... After the first game, I was really hooked, and it just kind of it got better and better as it went through. And um, you know, then of course, you know, the boot to the head video like became a huge yeah, the boot to the head. And like suddenly there was this huge fandom for it, and I was like, holy crap! There's a kink meme. Like this is awesome. Oh. <laughs> um, for me, I goodness, I don't remember how I got into the games themselves. Probably um, I had a um, flashcard, but if you don't know what a flashcard is, it is uh, like, a. I had it for the Nintendo DS, and what it is is it allows you to play ROMs on your DS. So I was going through a bunch of games at the time. I probably heard it somewhere and like downloaded it, and then I played through all of them. But I, I remember when I found the fandom, like, yeah, for uh for a long time, uh the Phoenix Wright kink meme was the largest fandom, the largest kink meme there was. I think it sort of brought kink memes back into style. It really there weren't very many others. There weren't very many others at the time, and when they were, they were really tiny. 
but the Phoenix Wright kink meme had um, so much story in it. Like, most times it's mostly prompts and a little bit of story. It was, like, more story than prompts in the Phoenix Wright kink meme. It was just massive. I think it got to, like, 29 parts. It's not very active right now, but I'm betting it's going to uh, resurge up again with dual destinies coming out. So uh, I'll link to that and uh, in this, and you can check that out. It had a lot of really good stuff coming out of there. And it wasn't um, all Slash, guys, so, like, the wrong. <laughs> Lots of Slash, which is good for us, but it's not all Slash. It's not all Slash. Uh, there, there was, uh, there was Jen. I remember, I remember there was, like, a kick where they were, like, going on death fix. And, like, they're like, Phoenix has died, now we need Edward's death fix. Death fix. And there was just, like, a ton of them. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was just everything in this, okay? They had, a, like, every kink meme has its own, like, in-jokes and in-characters. And in this one, there was, like, Edward's secretary was someone who became, like, an actual character that fandom wrote the same way and was in multiple things and was like super exasperated with like all the shit that was going on. So they had stuff like that. Um, uh, but, uh, we're still on um, personal experience before we get too much into the fandom. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys uh, what kind of games you, you usually play and um, to maybe give our listeners more of an idea um, if they would like to play the games themselves. Well, honestly, I, I really just bounce around. I mean, I started on platformers, you know, like everyone else pretty much, you know, although my platformers were not Mario, it was Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, which, I mean, might not be considered platformers, but whatever, same difference. Um, But, you know, I've, I've played a lot of shooters. I've played a lot of adventure games. I do so many RPGs. Honestly, Phoenix Wright was one of my first point-and-click adventures. I've, I've done plenty of RPGs before, but never ones where you're just kind of like, you have a set environment and there's a couple of things you can interact with and just go for it. Uh, with me, um, I didn't get a console until... I got the N64 right before the GameCube came out, so my parents were like, no video games in the house. Um, I've, I've played a lot of adventure games, like Okami and Zelda. Uh, I love RPGs, uh, like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Anything with a really strong story base. I actually sort of really hate first-person shooters. I'm terrible at them. Um, oh my, but I still hate them. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I like playing games with strong story elements, basically, is one of the ties to them. I'm also not the greatest at video games. Like, for an example, I got Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and I paid, played it for, like, a week straight, and then my brother hadn't played it at all, and we decided to battle, and, like, I beat him once, and then the second battle, he, like, creamed me. So I'm not the best at them, but I like playing them. You know, if, if anyone uh, judges you for your video game taste based on your skills in them, they can go throw themselves into a fucking pit. I'm sorry, but games are for fun. If you're having fun, you're a gamer. Yes. 
it's like everyone's like, are you a hardcore gamer or a casual gamer? I'm like, I'm somewhere in between. I'm not either of those things. Like, I have like, Animal with, Crossing and Bioshock, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> with, with, like I follow things really hardcore that I love. Like, every Zelda game that's ever going to come out, I'm going to fucking buy that shit. Even, like, before it's been rated, even if it's been rated really crappy. And, like, Phoenix Wright is another one of those. And I'm really, really into those. And other games I'll play, like, casually, you know? And Phoenix Wright is kind of what would be considered by most people a casual game because it's not a difficult game. But once again, it's more so, are you enjoying yourself? Is this game for you? And that's why you you go and play it. I would argue that it's difficult. Sometimes finding the evidence that contradicts is really, really hard. It's not really obvious. Like, there's not... It's really, like, logically it can be hard, but, like, skill level, like, there's not anything that's like, oh, I have to press A at this certain time or something like that. I guess that's true, but, I mean, I think it just depends on how, you know, used to are, um, used to puzzle kind of games you are. Like, if you're used to, like, you know, like I said, this was my first point-and-click adventure, but it was kind of, I, I know, I found it, I found it pretty easy overall, but, I mean... Some people who are not used to, who really don't, you know, understand, like, the video game point-and-click logic um, might find it really, really difficult. So, you know, people who are used to just playing Call of Duty will probably be like, I don't understand this. What is going on? How come I can't kill people? Well, for me, um, before I uh, played my first Phoenix Wright game, I really only ever played RPGs. And I was kind of skeptical about um, kind of these puzzle games. And uh, I think the Ace Attorney series was the first uh, puzzle-ish kind of game that I ever played. So that was pretty interesting. But yeah, it has such a strong focus on the story that, yeah, it fit my taste really well. Yeah. It was the first, I think... No, that's a lie. The first point-and-click game I ever played was on the PC, and it was, like, this castle game where you had to go through a castle and figure, and there was, like, you had to get keys and stuff like that. That was the first game I played. castle? I never would have thought. Sorry, (laughs) Be quiet, you. (laughs) But, uh, Phoenix Wright, uh, and then after Phoenix Wright, actually, I got into some visual novels because of Phoenix Wright, and those were really interesting experience. Um, afterwards. Phoenix Wright is more in the vein of visual novel, I would say, but there's like way more interactivity in that mm-hmm. and gameplay than that. But uh, I, after playing Phoenix Wright, I did some visual novels as well. There used to be a, a small manga, like I think it was like a, a two-volume series. It wasn't done by, um, I think it was endorsed by Capcom, but it wasn't written by any of their writers or by any of the uh, of the original, uh, you know, game designers. It was just, it was kind of a fan project um, by some of the Japanese fans. And it had a couple of, like, small cases, mostly just kind of, it, it was kind of like Phoenix Wright if it was more slice of life. But I was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was more of the vein of a, of a fan project. That's what I've seen um, in terms of making it more of just a total visual, non-interactive experience. Um, I remember those, but now they actually, Kondasha Comics has them. I actually have the first five comics, but haven't read them yet. They're in Arizona, and my mom's shipping them to California this weekend, so I will be reading them. But there is an ongoing manga series. 
I first got it because I thought it was going to be the manga version of the cases to give to my friends. But when I looked through it, it's not. It's original cases and ongoing content that's set after um, the games. It's not. It's. I think it's after uh, Justice for All is when it's set. So they have those, um, and I've heard good things about them. So. Yeah, I just I remember the the ones that I saw. It was in I think two thousand nine were the ones that I yeah, saw. Yeah, there was the one with like the lightning storm where you find yeah. out Phoenix doesn't like lightning. Yeah, it was it was they were very short and they were kind of more kitschy than anything else. It wasn't like this. It it really wasn't like a big contribution. I felt like it was it was just kind of like oh are you a fan here have another Phoenix Wright related thing, you know and the, which I was fine with because you know the more Phoenix Wright in the world the better. Yeah. There's actually quite a bit of um, other content for the Ace Attorney series. Maybe we should go over that. Um, yeah. Well, there's the movie, and uh, there's the musicals, and um, only just this year, a stage play apparently premiered in Japan, which would probably be interesting to watch. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of stuff, both official and unofficial. Um. I would uh, see the, it at an actual orchestra doing the game music. They they have that already. Oh they oh my god they do really oh I feel they so. They have bad. two they have two CDs. One of them is Gakus and Simon meets orchestra, and it has music from the first three games and Apollo Justice. Um and then there's another one that's like Gakus and Simon meets jazz, which is jazz arrangements. So basically all of, all of Godot's themes. Yes, well, it has that, but I think it has jazz arrangements of other songs as well. Okay. So they have those two, which, uh, if you're looking out for them, uh, I, goodness, I think it was one of the Final Fantasy forums. Inside there, they had, like, a specifically video game music forum where people would share download links to them. Because otherwise, you have to import it from Japan, because mm. it's not out here. So uh, I will try and find a link for that for our uh, thing as well, because the music is really spectacular. It's really good. Yeah, because I uh, and just seen music, but not any orchestra, and that's really sad that I didn't even know about it. I feel like such a noob. Kick me out of the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, because the music in the in the games is all like eight bit, you know, because it was for the Game Boy Advance when it was composed. But uh, hearing it all orchestrated is really something. Uh, but yeah, they recently came out with the Phoenix Wright movie, which is great and pitch perfect for the, uh, first game. It follows the first game, uh, and it has mainly the first trial, I know the, the second trial, and the last trial. Uh, not the bonus trial, but the last trial before that one. And, um, it's really good. The only complaint I would say is that Maya is not... Like, Maya is like, let's go, I want hamburgers, yay. And she's a little pouty, the actress they cast for her, which doesn't fit for her, like, at all. But everything else was pitch perfect. Um, it does spoil the first game for you, and it's a little bit different watching it as a movie, because there's a lot of silly things that happen in the games, but when they're live action, they become, like, a hundred times sillier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I can imagine the judge live action is just going to be like the most ridiculous thing. Cause I, I have not no, had the pleasure of seeing it yet. 
Uh, there's, like, a part where, like, Phoenix says something really ridiculous, and then, like, Edgeworth and, like, everyone in the audience, like, falls over to the side. <laughs> and, like, they act- at the end of every case, they, like, throw confetti. And, like, at the end of the first case where you're helping your friend Larry Butts, like, there's someone who's, like, really unenthusiastically, like, throwing confetti. <laughs> and, like... They did everything, okay? They I, made it I feel it like this needs perfect. to be in the Japanese court system now. When the, when the <laughs> case is over, you throw confetti, goddammit. Uh, but visually, yeah. the movie's really interesting, I found. Um, because, uh, as a whole, it's kind of, well, not exactly dark. Uh, it looks kind of uh, subdued and sometimes a bit bleak, I found. Uh, but then... Against that, you have these characters who look just like in the game. So, uh, Edgeworth is in his magenta feud and has white hair, uh, ridiculously styled. So, that's a really interesting um, part of it, visually, I found. And uh, personally, I'd really recommend the movie. Though, I don't know if um, you'd like it as much if you haven't played the games. I agree. I showed it to my friends who haven't played the games. And they saw the slash potential there, but they thought it wasn't their favorite. It is a very long movie um, because it does deal with all that. Um, well, but I, mean, I game. I mean, the, one of the biggest things is that the games are going to be. I mean, not the Phoenix Wright games necessarily, but it's going to be more than two hours. You know, every every, mm-hmm. every video game for the most part will be longer than a movie runtime. So you have to really rewrite everything if you want to fit it into those time constraints. Either that or just, you know, do it Lord of the Rings style and just go on forever. Yeah. And they uh, they had hints at, like, other cases, like the Steel Samurai case. They didn't do in it. But when you were being introduced to Edgeworth and how awesome he was, he was prosecuting the Steel Samurai case. So they have little things like that in there where they really, really, for a fan of the of the games, it is like the perfect movie adaptation. I would say it is the best video game movie to have ever come out. I just have one question as someone who has not seen it. Um, I've seen a lot of adaptations, and specifically the Star Trek Into Darkness, just as a, just as an adaptation, uh, and. I've, I've seen that a lot of people who are doing adaptations now do not respect the source material, and that has actually been a real kind of stumbling block for me as a fan. Um, does it seem like the people who made this movie really care about the games? Like, they're not just yes. to, just to make a quick yes. They love it. They, they, like, they didn't have to, like, there's so many little throw-ins to other things in the series, and, like, so true, it is exactly true to the story. They don't change any of the story. They just, like, summarize some of it, like, really, like, the Steel Samurai one. It is, like, the most true and best adaptation of any video game thing I have ever seen. And they really, they really, they got all the cheese factor and stuff like that, but they got the heart as well. Yeah. That's the only thing where I'm saying, like, with Maya, they missed a little bit, and she really is, like, a big part of the game. She's a big part of the heart, but I think it's because they miscast her, so. Hmm. Um, about availability of the movie, I think you said it's not out in North America? No, it's not. Okay, but it is apparently out in Europe, or at least in Germany, um, which is kind of weird when you think about it, why it's out over here but not in North America. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can get it over here. 
and uh, or you can watch it on the internet, of course. It's uh, they have our rating systems are so messed up. Uh, the MPAA, when doing foreign movies, takes a lot longer than most European uh, rating systems. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can also uh, you can also download it, or I have seen there is a full version of it on YouTube with subtitles. Yes. Um, from what I've seen, the subtitles that I've seen on multiple ones. They take the translations and Americanize it. So they, it's not, uh, Naruhodo, it is Phoenix and stuff like that. So they actually line it up with the American games and they use all the same names as they would in the American game as well. So that's, I really like that translation of it. Well, I imagine if they if they do finally get it over to the U.S., that that's what they'll probably do anyway, because most of the fans, you know, haven't done, like, I, I mean, at least the basic fans, the general fan base, you know, not the hardcore people. You know, they haven't really looked into the Japanese side of it. They've, you know, they've been satisfied with, with what they've gotten here, which is not a bad thing. Um, so most of them are not going to be like, if, if someone is, you know, called a different name, they're going to get confused. So more likely than not, they're just going to go with, what's been established here. Yeah. Um, so along with the movie, there is also operas. There are two operas by an all-female opera troupe, which I can't remember the name of right now, but apparently they're pretty prestigious. Um, the second one is not available. The first one is with subtitles because I am a fucking crazy person and went and like spent hours and hours ripping it off of YouTube uh, like a Chinese YouTube thing and aligning the subtitles. So uh, I will link to that as well if you want to see it. I haven't seen all of it, but the music is really good, and they've done a good job casting people, and it's an original story, uh, but with all your characters, all of the characters you know and love. So I will link to that. You can get the CDs, the DVDs, but they're really pricey. Apparently they're like $60.00 when they were first released, and now they're like 120, so I don't know if you want to spend that much money. I don't even think there's, like, someone, a fan did subtitles for the first one, but I don't, haven't heard of any for the second one, so. Yeah, honestly, I haven't heard too much news about, uh, beyond, beyond the movies, um, or the movie, but the planning for more. Um. Oh, they're planning for more? That's what I've heard. I've heard that since the, um, at least in Japan, the first one did pretty well. Um, and it, depending on how it, well it does in the United States, you know, it's one of those things where if the foreign market is good enough, they will probably throw money down for it. Yeah. But honestly, it's, it's just, it's all speculation at this point, and it's one of those things where studios can have the rights to make something and then just sit on it. You know, they might, they can choose. Because they're assholes. Yeah, that's it's generally to keep the 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 um the rights away from other comp, um, competitive studios. That's usually the reason. But maybe if there's enough incentive, they will go for it. So fa- fans, right. fans, you you need to get your butts on this. Come on, start campaigning. Second movie, let's go. Uh, so Key, you were talking about the stage play. What what have you heard about that? If anything, because I didn't even know that existed. Not a whole mu- a lot. Um, basically, I only saw a link to it on the TV Tropes page, and um, it just links to Japanese sites, so I can't really read it. But it looks really interesting. 
and I wish I could see it. Maybe someone will record it and put it so, on DVD someone at court re- Someone at Court Records, eventually, if there's a file of it out, is going to subtitle it. By the awesome. way, Court Records is the biggest Phoenix Wright fan site. It's where you go for all your news, for sprites from the game, for rips of music, for it's everything. It's one of the most organized fan sites I've seen in a long time. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's super organized. It's, I've, 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 and I've been to many a fan site. I, I am like the scourer of fandom. And it is honestly like just the most organized and it has like it just absolutely everything you could want. Like there is no stone left unturned on that site. Yeah. They have like all the scans of the art books and the special art that's been released for like magazines and stuff there and just everything. Mm-hmm. Uh they have some of the manga scanned in there. They don't have the doujinshi there, but if you go to the uh, if you go to, there's a, uh, Narumitsu community, which is, uh, Phoenix, right? It's like, uh, Narumodo and Mitsurugi are, um, Phoenix, right, and Edgeworth. They have a lot of, uh, scanned in, uh, doujinshi there, and I think on the main Phoenix, right, live journal as well, you get some in there, too. And there's quite a few scans on Tumblr. It just depends, you know, on whether or not the artists have uh, have put up some samples of their work or not. I mean, I've I've seen quite a few people do that now, you know, because they're trying to they're trying to sell a lot of their stuff, so they'll give you like a freebie, um, so like one free uh, comic to go and read, and then if you're you know encourages you to then go and buy the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So. Um... There's, uh, there's also, um, for a while, I don't know if it's dead or not, but there was a fan musical that yeah. people were working on. There, there was actually was. a, they got permission from Capcom to do it as well. Yeah, it's called, um, Turnabout Musical, uh, the Phoenix Wright Musical Project, actually. Um, they have a website and everything, but it looks very much, uh, very dead. Um, you can download some highlights from the musical. They recorded some of it. Um, I think they also actually performed it at some conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be videos on YouTube of that, but I don't think I've seen any. Uh, but yeah, we can definitely link to the um, website of the musical. See, so I remember check it out. songs. Like there was, Sorry? I remember there being a couple of songs on YouTube, uh, not very long, but just some short snippets of them. Because I remember, I remember there was one specifically about Larry Butts that like had me <laughs> tears, and it was, and of course it was. If something smells, it's usually the butts. Or um, like yeah. it, was, it was, it was that whole that was whole the whole joke. Um, but I remember there were a couple of songs on YouTube. I don't know if they are still there and still available. But um, that was as far as I saw the musical going. Out, they were, they released a couple of songs with no video. It was, or if they had video, it was just you know screen caps from the game and stuff like that. And it was really just you know them having these like fun little quirky like stage musical numbers. Yeah, you can, as I said, you can download um, highlights from Turnabout Musical. It says here. Um, some songs from the games, which are in full length. And, um, I think they retold the first game. I'm not sure if they retold all of the cases, but I think they did. 
and it's definitely worth checking out, I think. It's not the most professional sounding, but it's definitely entertaining, and yeah. And the Phoenix um, is obsessed. They're, they're very devoted. Yes, like out of like any like any video game like fan base that I've come across, which some of them are like fucking huge, like Zelda. That fan base is probably like ten times the size of Phoenix, right? But if you look at fan works put out by them, besides like fan art, like there's a lot of fan art for that. But like other projects, Phoenix Wright kicks like every other video game in the ass in that in that like respect. Yeah, actually, the most impressive thing I found is um, fan-made sequels and cases, mm-hmm. uh, which I haven't checked many of these out. I think I downloaded one game, uh, one of the mo- more popular ones, which is a sequel to Apollo Justice. But there's a site out there where you can make cases and um, also play the cases of other users, which is really impressive, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, other things, uh, on Tumblr, it's actually pretty active right now. I would follow the Phoenix Wright tag and Ace Attorney and Yakuza and Simon. You get a lot of cross-wise in, like, Ace Attorney and Phoenix Wright, but in the Yakuza and Simon tag, there's often, uh, different things than in the other two. And they're pretty active on there. Um... The live journal communities are not dead. They're not as active, but I haven't checked them since the new, uh, since the new game came out, and I'm that's sure just, that happened. I, I, think that, I think that's just because live journal itself has kind of taken a dive in activity. I love live journal forever and always. I love it too. But um, I'm just saying, I don't think it's because the Phoenix Wright fandom has been, you know, dying steadily. I think it's just because people are migrating from live journal. Yes, into Tumblr, and I could talk about fandom drift, but Tumblr is not a good place for fan works. It's just not. For art and stuff it is, but not for other stuff. But once again, between, like, the three Phoenix Wright games and Apollo Justice, there was a lull in, like, the kink meme and productivity. And the main source of, like, Phoenix Wright fandom is on LiveJournal. I haven't seen anything on Dreamlit. There's not really... There's people, like, posting about what they like and stuff, and some fan work on Tumblr, but there's not really that. And, like, on AO3, like, none of the Phoenix Wright fix that were really popular have been archived there either. Um, the biggest one was the Objection Archive, but that has gone down. I would love, if anyone knows what happened to it, because I had a lot of fanfic on there that I really loved, but uh, the Objection Archive, where the main um, Phoenix Wright fanfics were archived, is down. You can still find a lot of them on the live journal communities and on um, fanfiction.net. Um, but, uh, and a few of them on Archive Room, but, uh, I think most of, most of the stuff I followed was through the Narumitsu community or was through the kink meme. Yeah, that is the best place for, uh, any sort of Phoenix Wright fanfiction. I mean, like, there's a couple of things on, like, adultfanfiction.net, and, you know, there's, I know there's a little bit of a community on YGAL, but at this point, it's, it's still mostly on LiveJournal, which, um... You know, which has not been as active as it should be, but it's not, it is not dead. It is so not dead. Um, Like like I said, I never really got into the fandom, so uh, could you guys maybe talk a little bit about that? Um, Maybe like the most popular pairings and stuff like that? Okay. 
The most popular pairing <laughs> by far is Narumitsu, uh, Phoenix, and Miles. Because they have that, like, friendship as kids, and they're always there for each other. And, like, Phoenix became a lawyer to, like, follow Edgeworth, and they're, like, my babies. They're my gay lawyers, okay? They happened before suits. They are the gay lawyers, okay? Suits doesn't get that term. It belongs to Phoenix Wright. No, I, I know the term, but it's just, it's always funny whenever I hear it out loud. It is, oh, my God. Yeah, that is the most popular pairing. Another really popular pairing is uh, Miles and uh, Gumshoe, um, just because, you know, it's, it's, we, we tend, to, it, with Phoenix Wright, we tend to like um, the friendship pairings, the I will, you know, that I'm going to do anything, you know, to make you happy and to, like, but it's, I've, I've noticed, you know, with a, with a lot of fandoms, um, there's usually at least one, like, really abusive pairing that's popular, and that has not really been the case with Phoenix Wright. Like, the most no, popular... that's a lie. After Apollo Justice, Kristoff uh, and Phoenix was popular. Oh, really? Okay, well, I didn't... I Honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of Apollo Justice, so I kind of stayed away from it. But I've, I, most of the popular pairings tend to be, like, genuine friendship. Like, you can see them in a relationship that is, like, healthy and, you know, a long... Like, in it for the long haul kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that's one, another reason why I like the Phoenix Wright fandom so much, is that it really is... You know, it's it, to me, it's like a more, like, these are real people in a real relationship. And it's, like, really cute. And, like, oh my... Like, this this... It's, I don't know, it's, it seems a lot more genuine than a lot of fandoms where it really is just about the sex. And, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to judge people for, you know, shipping whatever they want to ship or for, you know, having all these sexual fantasies, you know, that's their, that's their prerogative. But I have found... Dude, right Phoenix Wright has Gordy thick, okay? There's a lake <laughs> monster named Gordy. I we have tentacle thick in the same team. So, like, no judging. We have Gordy thick. Yeah, we, we do. Every, every fandom is tentacle sucks. Yeah, and Gordy is... Oh, my God, I totally forgot about fucking Gordy. <laughs> but point is, the most popular pairings are, like, these genuine friendship pairings. And it's, like, it really is more about the relationship between the two than just the, like, you know, than just the erotic, like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fuck you. Like, I, I, I can't do fanfiction anymore. <laughs> um. The the main het pairing was uh, Phoenix and um, and Maya. Um, there, there was some. There was uh, I. The other pairings are sort of like spoilerish. So yeah, like there is one who was seen as like the rape machine on the kink meme, but he's spoilerish. And then there was like another really big het pairing, but it's also spoilerish, so I can't say it. But there was quite a few het pairings, that's what you were looking into. And there was a lot of genfic on there as well. Hmm. Um, for uh, fanfic, uh, I guess, uh, there were, most of them weren't very long. There were a few of them, which at the end, when we go into Rex, I will say some of my favorite ones. Um, but uh, most of the epics either were on the objection archive or are still in the kink meme so you can find them there um there's there was two of them uh of the epics that i remember on fanfiction.net as well um but there were there were i really liked phoenix Wright for um there was a lot of story just about like the characters and their interaction but you got case fic as well and the case fic was really really good when they did it mm-hmm. so 
that was nice too. Yeah, the nice thing about the Phoenix Wright fandom is that it wasn't so set in the in the canon. Like a lot of there are some fandoms where if you step one toe out of the canon, you are like ostracized. You are not a real fan. And um, Phoenix Wright really it's it's more so about keeping the characters the same, but then putting them in all sorts of different situations. And that it's um, which is you know how the games are kind of set up. That you know the, the people you know they they change and develop with these new things. But they are still recognizable as characters, and that's what the most important, you know, aspect of the story is. It doesn't matter if we put them in these strange and bizarre situations that allow for a fucking tentacle rape lake monster. Now, <laughs> um, so Mal, you're you're in other video game fandoms. Like I know you super love Assassin's Creed. This yes. is like something I know about you. How does Phoenix Wright compare to other video game fandoms? Because I'm not really in any other video game fandoms. Like, I follow Zelda fan art and stuff, but it doesn't have, like, an online fandom where people write fan fiction and such for it. Well, I know the Assassin's Creed fandom is more so about fan art than it is fan fiction. Fan fiction-wise, there's not a great amount. There's a, It's not bad, but it really is more about the visual style of the game, and that's, it makes sense given that Assassin's Creed is a very visual game. It has a good story and good characters, but what people are usually drawn to it from the beginning is the fact that it takes place in these beautiful locations with beautiful clothes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really that whole the time period is, is the thing that really sticks out to people. So the art becomes a really heavy thing. Phoenix Wright is more about the story, so I'm not surprised that the story takes precedence over every other kind of, uh, every other kind of media for it. Um, I mean, it's it's totally overflowed into everything else, but it is the most popular um, aspect of fandom. Um, um, as for Japan other, Japan has a lot of fan art sites for it. Not so much. We don't get as much fan art in the U.S. though. That's true. I guess it depends on the culture. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Japanese games. I mean, Phoenix Wright is one of the few exceptions. Um, and it, it, once again, it's that whole I kind of got sick of a lot of the Japanese tropes, which were just annoying me. I've gotten over that a little bit now, but I remember Phoenix Wright was like one of the few that kind of just broke through for me. Um, as for American video games, a lot of American video games still do not really have fandoms. I have found that a lot of the time fandoms are really, it, it's really, you have to, it, it has to be more than just the game. It has to extend beyond that. And uh, a lot of video games for people are really just, you know, for shits and giggles, and you know, which is fine. You know, it's them enjoying their hobby. But the the games that make fandoms are ones that really offer players more than that, that make them want to explore the world or the characters beyond the game. And I found with most American video games, there aren't huge fandoms. Um, there's decent-sized ones. Bioshocks isn't too bad, um, but it's very small and mostly dead, even with Infinite um, released. It's not really huge. It's, um, it's, I don't know, it, they don't have as much of a presence, I have found, with as opposed to Phoenix Wright or even Assassin's Creed. I think it, the games, it just really depends on the material you're working with, uh, on whether or not a fandom will sprout. Yeah. I know for Japanese video games, um, 
I remember reading some Final Fantasy fanfiction back in the day. So for There's these, a lot of Final Fantasy. Uh, JRPG games do have uh, fandoms, but I'm not really involved in any of them, so I can't really speak for any differences or similarities. Well, Kingdom Hearts had a fucking oh, massive right. It really did. Massive. Um, really big fandom. That, that's a really good point. Like, with American games, we don't I don't, we don't really get any fandoms from them, but the Japanese ones, I don't know, I, I always associate Japanese ones as more story oriented, but I don't play as many American games, um, anymore, but in the beginning when games were coming out, I think that was definitely a thing, so maybe that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe the people who are into Japanese games and are into anime and stuff as well are more inclined to Fandomize. It's a word now. I don't guys, fandomize. I don't think it's entirely the case. Like, I feel like a good exception to this would be, like, World of Warcraft. Like, that fandom is ridiculous in every aspect. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I don't, I think as, as, as a whole, as a generalization, a lot of American games really lack fandom. It's, it's more so, you know, the, they, people are fine with what's in the game, and they want sequels, of course, to their games, but that they don't really, it doesn't grow beyond that. Um... You know, maybe if there's a kitschy thing, they will make a meme out of it. Like, you know, with Skyrim, how, you know, everyone was like, arrow to the knee for, you know, a while. Um, but it didn't really, you know, and like, I know there is an Elder Scrolls fandom, but I don't see a lot for it. It's what, what is, is, is very small and contained, even though a lot of people love the game. It's not to say that the games are not popular. It's just that people aren't really making things for it. Um, in the same kind of uh, in the same kind of way that we see with a lot of these Japanese fandoms, and maybe it's just a cultural thing where you know, with with the rise of anime, you know, and all that stuff, that you know, Japan had they basically started fandom and it kind of flowed over into the U.S. But you know, all I all I know is it's it's I've never really seen it in the same way for American things that I have for Japanese that's, products. That's really interesting because, like, I'm mainly a television fandom person, and all of my television fandoms, except for, like, when I was back into anime, are, like, U.S., and I have really big ones. But with video games, yeah, it's all coming from Japanese ones. That'd be interesting. Uh, fandom scholars, it's your job now to research that. So go forth and find out why this conundrum is happening, because I'm interested and I want the papers on it. Or maybe I'm totally wrong, because if I recall, fan fiction started with Star Trek, so, and that was long before anime really came to the U.S., so I'm, prob- I'm probably totally off-base, like, disregard everything I say. Well, well, with, well I think your, uh, what you said about the video game ones, though, is very true, though. Like, most, well, most of the ones I can think of are, like, Japanese games that have sprung fandoms or big active fandoms. Mm-hmm. So I think you're onto something there. So Maybe with just video games. So just to keep all what I said in the context of video games and not like fandom as a general thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the Phoenix Wright fandom in my experience, I was mostly in the kink meme. I actually, um, this is before people were using delicious and stuff for bookmarking and I was sort of one of the archivers, and basically I would subscribe to the kink meme, and every Friday, like, we would alternate, like, weeks, but on Fridays, I would go through and um, make a list on a live journal community of, like, 
how many new prompts there were, how many possible fills, new fills, and would, like, link to them, and that's how people kept track of kink memes then. It was before, like, fill posts and stuff, and it got more organized. Um, but I was a big part of that, and I got a lot through the objection archive and the um, kink meme. I know that, Mal, you were on the kink meme as well, too, because we talked about that. Because I met her in a fashion class, and that's how I found out she liked Phoenix Wright. And then... I was trying to make a mask, the mask the costume, meme. and um, she happened to see the reference picture that I brought to the teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So about I don't know where you were most active, Mal. Um, I was definitely active yeah. in the kink meme. I did a lot of anonymous fills, which I will, I'm will i not going to say which fills I did. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but I did do a lot of anonymous fills because um, that was when I was really into writing fan fiction. I still do write fan fiction, but the thing is I am a slow motherfucker who I will write something and be like, yeah, this is shit. Time to delete this. So, um, you know, this was before I became a crazy editor person. Um but I did do a lot of fills in the in the kink meme, and I followed it religiously. Um, every I I have at least I haven't read it in the past two years, but from pretty much I would say it's when I first found it, which I think it was like on page like it was on ten pages at that point. I like literally read through all of the kink meme, like even pairings I didn't like. And, um, and situations that I thought were kind of stupid, I was like, you know what, I will see where if someone can take this and make it good. And most of the time, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so that was where I was most active. I was also active on the, it, uh, within the deviant art community, um, mostly with, um, I remember I wanted, um, I made briefly a, um, a Phoenix Wright cosplay group, um, which of course then deteriorated because I couldn't get my shit together. Um, but I was in pretty much all of those clubs. I was under a different screen name, though. That was back when I was, uh, Forever Sleeping Dragon. So, if anyone remembers that, that was a while ago. Uh, speaking of cosplay, that's another, uh, you see a lot of cosplayers. Like, at every convention I go to, I see at least three or four Phoenix Wright cosplayers. Which is, considering, you know, the amount of cosplay you see, and how condensed the fandom is. That's quite a lot. Um, my, my, one of my dream costumes is either an Edgeworth or Francisco costume. I go back and forth because I'm like, man, pink suiting fabric is going to be a bitch to find. And I'll probably have to, like, dye it myself. And with Francisca, you get to carry, like, a whip around. But I would like a Phoenix Wright cosplay group sometime. Well, I am totally up for that if I can ever get my mask-to-mask shit together because that, I swear, that is my cosplay dream, and it always will be. Just... That fancy little fop. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, anything else we want to touch on? Um, well, I feel like anything else really would kind of just be spoiling it. I mean, I guess we could do, like, some criticisms of the, uh, of the series, or, like, you know, talk about, like, if we had any... I mean, because we mostly just talked about positive stuff, which is all well and good. But, you know, people always, they want to see a little bit of negative criticism. Otherwise, it's like, ah, these are just fangirls. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay. So you said you had some criticisms for Apollo Justice. Why don't you go into that? Okay. Um, well, my thing with Apollo Justice, I did not think it was a bad game. But I just, I could not find myself loving it like I loved the first three games. Um, and my main problem with it was the characters. Um, 
And it's not that I needed the entire cast back. I did not. I was fine with only having a few characters from the from the first three games, um, specifically Phoenix. But I just found that they really weren't the emotionally gripping people that I'd come to know and love. Um, I mean, and I, and I don't mean that as once again, don't want the old characters back. But like for an ex- for an example would be uh, Clavier. Um, I totally mispronounced his name. He kind of has an emotional thing with his brother that I'm not going to really go into big because it would spoil everything. But I felt like it didn't really impact him in the same way that really that it, I, I felt like it didn't impact him the way it should have. Um, he was just kind of chill with it and water off a duck's back. And maybe that's part of his character. But, you know, usually people who say water off a duck's back, it does affect them. They just don't show it. You know, and I feel like maybe there should have been a private moment where, you know, he says to Apollo, like, hey, this really did hurt me, you know, and I, I wish I didn't have I wish I didn't have to do this. Um, and we lacked a lot of uh, a lot of that emotion, I feel like, in Apollo Justice. It's not that these characters were poorly written, but that they, they didn't take the second the this needed step to get them into three dimensional um, for me. And as a result, the cases weren't as memorable and uh, overall, it was just kind of like flatlining with me. I felt like I really was just seeing like, you know, kind of a matte version of the, you know, technicolor amazingness of the first three games. That's a very good way of bringing it up. I never thought of it that way, but I would say that's true as well. Like there's some more interesting gameplay features, which might make that a little bit more engaging in the gameplay area than maybe the first three games. But in the story, uh, in the character department, um, it is it did hit a little flat for me. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and you'd think that they would have, like, um, I mean, like, just given the fact that he's a friggin', like, Clavier, just specifically, the fact that he's a rock star, you know, by night and a prosecutor by day, you'd think that they would have made more of a joke of that, but it really was, like, it was kind of a thing that they featured in one case, and then, like, it was just like, oh, he air guitars in court, which I, I loved. I absolutely loved that. But I, I really wish it was kind of more of a, like, a, a, a kind of a running joke a little bit more, like... Like, I don't know, like, just, it would have, it would have been funny, funnier to me. Like, there was, that was another thing, is it lacked, it lacked emotional depth, but I felt like it also lacked humor as well. That it was, it was trying to be a little more serious, but without the, without the real drama of the first one. So it kind of just ended up, like, failing on both accounts, like, as a comedy and as a serious drama. Yeah. What about you, Key? Any criticisms for any of the games? Well, I wouldn't really call it criticism. It's more personal uh, preference, I guess. Um, The style of the game, I'd really love to see more... um, Wait, let me rephrase that. Um, I was really used to, as I said, Japanese RPGs, in which you see all the characters animated and such. And in um, in the Ace Attorney series, I kind of missed that. You have the sprites, and you have the um, you have like still photos, but um, I kind of miss like animation, I guess, which uh, is why I would really like an anime of it, as we mentioned earlier. That would be really nice. But I can't really call that criticism because it's just personal preference, like I said. 
Well, uh, you'll really like Dual Destinies then. It's full 3D and there's movement in it. Um, and the latent over will have the animation. Yeah, the latent one will be animated. It looks gorgeous. Uh, you should look at some of the previews for it, and just the animation is so pretty. I'm really excited for it. Um, what about for me? Their games. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, for me, I think that um, the investigation part could drag on a little bit. Sometimes it wasn't so obvious what was evident. Sometimes it was. I'm like, look at this blood-splattered phone or something. I'm like, obviously that's evidence. But sometimes it was hard to find the evidence um, that you needed, and that could drag on a little bit. But uh, the first time playing through, it didn't really bother me because you got all the little tidbits. But, like, on second playthroughs and stuff like that, it is a little bit annoying because I don't remember exactly where it is, but I'll remember, like, the dialogue and stuff like that. I think that the story factor makes for really high, like, value of, like, if you could read it through. Like, I know people will read scripts and stuff again like that, but the replay value is not as high unless, like, you wait a really long time and don't remember much about the cases or who the bad guy is and such. Yeah, it is a really difficult series to replay. Um, I do. I definitely admit that, just because you there are certain parts you just kind of want to get to. And if it was a movie, if it was an anime, it, they would kind of just get to it. You know, even it, which is funny because you know movies and anime tend to drag on like hell because they can. But at the same time, it's you still feel like more is happening than when you're kind of just looking around a room, being like, okay, well, where is it now? So. You know, that definitely is a weak point of all the games, I would say. Um, and another weak point is just that I, I do wish there was a little more to do um, in the games, just because, um, like, like, don't get me wrong, there is still, you know, the investigation portion, which is not always easy, but um, I do wish that, not so much that we could switch the dialogue or anything like that, like, because I feel like Phoenix is a defined character, and just because you're playing him from a first-person perspective does not mean that his perspective is yours. Um, I think people, you know, every time they go into a first-person game, they're like, oh, well, I get to choose, and it's like, no, he's his own character. You need to, you need to realize that and let his opinions flow through, and for you to realize you are playing him. Um, however, I do wish that maybe there were um, were a few more chances to either like um, maybe affect the relationships in the game a little bit more. Um, like maybe if a character you know who was insulting Phoenix, like for example Gumshoe, you know insulted Phoenix quite a bit in the first game. Um, like every time he talked to him. Uh, maybe there could be you know a little bit of sway you know on whether or not Phoenix you know becomes closer to him you know. I guess I guess kind of like how in Dragon Age you can kind of um, you know you can can have certain companions as closer and other ones as kind of like eh you know just to kind of like you know put more emphasis on the relationships of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that is kind of a point of the game that the story is very much set. You, I don't think there's anything you can really affect with your choices. I don't think. Well, you can get a. Um, a guilty verdict, and then it's game over. But you can't really <laughs> change any, anything. Um, so that's also one of the reasons why the replay factor maybe isn't that good. Though I'm uh, currently replaying 
Trials and Tribulations because it's my favorite game. And um, I think the last time I played it was maybe a year and a half ago. So I've, um, I think that's kind of a good time. But you really do have to wait a bit. Yeah. So um, what what would be, like, your ideal Phoenix Wright game? Like, what coming together would make, like, the game that would make your brain explode if you played it? <laughs> I vote Key goes first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the perfect game. Uh, That's kind of a difficult question. Um, Maybe one where you can choose from all the characters. Yeah, I was going to say that. Because um, I do have favorite attorneys and prosecutors. I don't always get to play them, and I would like to see more content for some of them, uh, more content for some of them, which I'm obviously not going to get. But uh, yeah, something along those lines, and something that's more animated, and I guess a bit more in the vein of um, console RPGs. But that's not really the style of the game. Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, for me, I definitely would like to see a couple of more characters. I, I think the games should be maybe a little longer. Just, um, you know, make sure that the, uh, um, you know, just, just make sure that the content there, you know, everything has a purpose. I don't mind length of time playing a game as long as I feel engaged throughout the entire thing. Um, so I, I would actually like them to be a little bit longer and to kind of almost be like, you know, the novels of, uh, of the game world, um, in a sense. Um, or if they, if they had to do it spaced out, then maybe in, uh, you know, separate episodes and, uh, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I definitely would love to see, um, I, I think I would like to see a little bit more of just kind of the, the, the world that they're in. You know, I think I mentioned it before that a lot of the game takes place in the court. And I don't mind that, but I feel like I kind of want things to open up just a little bit more. I mean, I feel like every time we've gone out, it really is just to investigate. That There's very little else to do besides then. I don't want it to turn into a slice of life thing where, you know, where it's like, oh, when Phoenix got up and drank his coffee and, you know, took a shower. But I feel like there could be a little bit more opening up. Um, oh, one thing I do have to say. I wish that some of the villains were not so obvious. Um, I, feel, I feel like there was only one case that really surprised people um, in terms of who it was. Um, and, of course, I'm not going to go into that because that's spoiling. But for the most part, you know, you kind of knew, at least by the time you actually started investigating who it was, um, and, you know, I get it. It's supposed to be a turnabout that the first person they call in as the suspect is not the actual villain. But they could, you know, throw a few red herrings here and there to, you know, make it seem like maybe they actually did do it or that maybe they think a third person is totally the character who is responsible. And it turns out, no, that's another character like I feel like if they made the mystery, you know, as complex as they did the information gathering for the case, um, I would definitely be a little more invested in, uh, 
you know, in, in the actual prosecution of them. So what about you, Fumbles? What would make the perfect Phoenix Wright game? Um, I would like to play from multiple characters' perspectives. Uh, I would like it if, um, say, it could be a thing where you choose a character and you would you would either do a different story or something than you would with the other characters, or you would see the other side of things. Like, say you were to play as Phoenix and you were the defense, uh, and then maybe you would play the same case as, like, Miles, and you would be, you know, helping to collect the evidence or something like that. Or maybe you would have a completely different story. You would be doing something else. I would like that. I think I wouldn't like it to be 3D or anything. I'm, like, wary about that in the new game. But I would like the animations, like, Professor Layton style. Um... I agree. I think they could be a little bit longer, and it would be nice to open it up a little bit, like, to, like, I don't know, go off with Maya and do, like, some spirit uh, medium training and see, like, what all that is about, you know? It is very contained to the courtroom and uh, the investigation period, and it would be nice if maybe, like, you know, Phoenix is gathering evidence, you know, on his thing, but Maya is having trouble using her spirit medium, so she has to go and train, and you have to go play, I don't know, a mini-game, or do something with her to, like, get her ready for her part as well. So you would be seeing other characters and having more interactivity, and for replay value, you would have a higher replay value as well to be doing different things in the game. Yeah, it's like Capcom, take take notes, please. please. Yes, please Capcom, <laughs> take notes. And keep making more games. Don't Don't stop, please. Yeah. I would also like it if they would actually have, like, release items here. You know, like in Japan, the pre-release for Dual Destinies, you got, like, a statuette and a case and stickers. And here, there's no even, like, pre-release for it, because they're only releasing it fucking digitally. So. Yeah, it's, it's, I have to say, Capcom is probably one of the stupidest companies when it comes to, you know, catering to what fans want. It's like they, they're like, oh, they're not going to buy it. We're not going to do any market research. Let's just, you know, throw it out there. And if it sells, it sells. And it's like, oh, dear Lord. Really? Yeah. Really, guys? Come on. Anya actually asks people what they want. Um, so I think we've covered mostly everything. If we want to go on recs for websites or fanfic or anything, like if you found a particularly helpful walkthrough or anything else. Anything Phoenix Wright related, if you have any recs for it. You know, honestly, the only thing I can say is just is the kink meme, because I, it's, it's been a while since I've been involved in the fandom. Like, I've... And it's mostly just because I haven't had too many friends um, in real life who are into it. You know, it's one of those things where when you have friends who are also interested, it helps, and, you know, you kind of encourage each other to... You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like enabling for drug addicts. It really is. <laughs> having friends there. Um, but the kink meme is a wonderful place. Um, but I, I would not go there until you have seen at least a walkthrough of the first three games, because those are the three games that are spoiled the most in the kink meme, and you will be spoiled, and it will kind of ruin the experience. And it also, you probably won't think things are that amazing until you experience the game for yourself firsthand in one form or another. Yeah. What about you, Key? Uh, well, as I said, uh, since I wasn't really in the fandom, I don't have much to wreck. I think um, I just say go check out 
all the stuff we mentioned, the official and unofficial expansions to the universe. And, um, yeah, I found pretty much everything through the uh, TV Tropes page, and we're going to link to all of it. And, um, yeah, if you have never heard of the games or have heard of them, but are not sure if you like them, just get the demo versions that are available on Android and for the iPad and try it out. Okay. For me, I do have uh, two or three fanfic recs. There's first one called One of Every Color by Kroik. This might be my favorite of all time. Uh, it is a Phoenix Edgeworth story, and there's a lot of not sh- like un- security going on here. It's like they're not sure exactly what their relationship's turning into because they're friends now, but like where is it going to go from there? So that's happening. But amongst this, they're also on opposite sides of the courtroom. Uh, there's a case going on about uh, uh, an arson case, and Phoenix has decided to defend this girl for the arson case and there's a lot of drama going on uh in i think it's in the second game you work for the japanese mob uh i don't remember what they work what they work it into in the u.s one but it it involves them again so there's some dangerous situations going on and stuff as well and it's wonderful it's a long story and it's epic there's another one called it's it is a work in progress that I think has forever been abandoned, but I would recommend it anyways. It's called Struggling Against Gravity by Musaka and Aria, and it's another, it's not as much of a case fic. It is a getting together story, but there's, there's a lot of struggle going on there within it. Like, they're not sure what's happening, and Phoenix, like, Miles is sure what he wants, but Phoenix is, like, not, and there's really good character developments. And um, and you get other characters as well, like Maya is involved in it and stuff as well. And it's just uh, really good. I'm There's not a resolution, but it doesn't end at a cliffhanger. So uh, I would recommend that as well. Um, I would also, once again, recommend, like, uh, there, there's, a I think, a ring site in Japan for the, like, a search site for Phoenix Wright with really pretty fan art, which I will try and find a link to as well. I make no promises because it's been a long time. Um, but I'll also link to all the communities I talked about in the uh, podcast as well. So any any closing words about Phoenix Wright, guys? Um, just that we could, you know, it's... It is a lot of fun, this fandom. I have met so many wonderful people online in it. Um, usually anonymous, though, so they probably won't ever recognize me. <laughs> um, and it's mostly just because every time I go on kink memes, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself out there. But, um, it is a wonderful fandom. People are really nice. I have, it's honestly one of the best fandoms I've ever been in. People are really, really polite and are, they're, you don't get the kind of a lot of the fandom abuse that you normally see. And the games themselves are, you know, they, they combine campy with serious drama in a way that very few games, movies, really any media ever gets right. Um, so, you know, I, I think you should at least play through 
the first case of the first game. And if you don't like it by then, you know, then it's probably, you know, just not for you. But, you know, hey, if you, if you want to go through the first game, you know, and then you find something later on you like, you know, definitely, definitely play through the others. It is so worth it. Yeah, I can only second that. And um, I think it's a very unique game and a very unique um fandom at large and a franchise at large, I think. And definitely, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I would third all that said before. <laughs> um, stop laughing at me. I, I can say original things sometimes. Sometimes only. But yeah, it's really fun, awesome fandom. Uh, really awesome games. Good on, If you like a good story, check it out. You'll like this. There's lots more to look at, and it's only growing. Uh, there will be more games in the future. I mean, there's two more on the horizon for the U.S., and I believe it's something that's going to continue for a long time. So definitely, if it piques your interest, check it out. Okay. This has been Slash Report Hiatus episode, Phoenix Wright episode. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.